Hi, and welcome to The Social Angle, a podcast that helps promo pros gain an edge in the social media realm. I'm Vinny, and on this episode, I am joined by Ange Hollowell to discuss how small businesses with limited time can get started with podcasting. Ange, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. All right, before we get into the questions, so if you could, could you please uh, take a minute to introduce yourself, your business, and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my business, I run Angie Studio, which is a creative agency based in Durham, North Carolina, focusing on photography, video production, and some other forms of digital content creation like podcasting for small businesses, nonprofits, and individuals in the area and beyond. Um, I started this company in 2016. Um, and when the pandemic hit in last year, so about a year now, seems crazy to say that, right? Mm-hmm. Um it just occurred to me, like, ever since I moved here, I moved here from Alabama in 2019, that there's just so many business resources here, so much access to networking events, and so much access to um, individuals that could mentor me and guide me through um, the business ownership process. And so it felt very natural to me to pass the mic to other business owners and kind of share that expertise so that people living no matter where they live can have access to this kind of knowledge sharing type platform. So that's how Honey and Hustle got started, which is the name of my video podcast. And that's been going strong as well for about a year and some change now. Awesome. So you, you call it a vodcast, which is a video podcast. Um, and you, and the title of it is called Honey and Hustle and it features conversations relevant to small business entrepreneurs, which our industry is, you know, probably 95%. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your, uh, your VOD or your podcast and the inspiration behind it? Yeah. So like I said, it was started mainly in part because I just noticed a disparity between coming from Alabama and coming here to North Carolina. Um, in Alabama, I'll be doing really good to go to two to three networking events a month. Here, I could go to a networking event, breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day of the week, right? So that's a huge, huge difference in the sheer amount of people you can meet and pass through. So just on a numbers game, um, the likelihood of me meeting someone that can help me in my business, not just be a client, but whether that's an accountant, a lawyer, someone else in the field who's kind of been where I am now, um, was just, I mean, incredible, um, amazing. Really enjoyed that um, community here when I came. And I wanted to give a piece of that back to everybody. Um, so again, I started my business, Andrew Studio in Birmingham, and other parts of Alabama where I'm from. And so that's a lot of my audience. So I really felt like they, number one, would benefit from that. Um, Birmingham, Atlanta, Nashville was kind of my my triangle before moving to this sure. triangle, which is um, Chapel Hill, Raleigh, Durham now. Um, and so that was kind of inspiration for it. Um, so I've been doing kind of an interview style podcast, podcast, if you will, um, just featuring other business owners here in the area that I kind of have learned to reach out to and self-select and, and just create you know relationships with and then have them on the show. So. How, how do you select um, the interview? the interviewees that you get on your show? Um, well, at first I was doing it based on people that, you know, I knew mm-hmm. and that were really big inspirations to me and just really helpful and really knowledgeable in their respective industries and fields. Um, as time went on, I was like, okay, I need to be a little more selective because there are certain topics that I like to get into on my show, right? Topics related to diversity, inclusion, sustainability, innovation, things that people who probably haven't been in business that long probably wouldn't be able to touch on as much because they just wouldn't have experience 
and kind of working through those types of things within not only their internal business structure and business culture, but with the clients that they work with and how they qualify clients, right? Um, so those are kind of how I started to be a little more strategic and uh, specific about the type of both audience, audience, what is that? Um, yes, yeah. yeah. audience that I have. Yeah. All right. So your podcast is all about crushing the hustle. And, and again, my industry, industry to promotional products industry, you know, small businesses and, you know, our, our clients are all, you know, wearing many hats, you know, and they're, they've, they've got a lot on their plates. You know, a lot of our companies are, you know, one, two person operations, um, you know, but they're interested in podcasting. You know, it's like they want to add that to their, you know, the repertoire of things that they do. Uh, can you let us know the basics of getting started started for anyone with limited time? Yeah, so I'll start by answering kind of how Chris also came about and then go into some things that I've learned since I started podcasting. So um, one thing I'll say is that Crush the Hustle was kind of a play on the word hustle. Like everybody talks about side hustles, hustle culture, hustle hard. Like that's ridiculous. If you are a one person show, you're going to get burnt out very, very fast. Yep. If you're down with mentality. I hear uh, you. So part of Crush the Hustle was like, yo, you should be able to do this well. You should be able to run your business and still have a life, right? Mm -hmm. So part of that, my podcast and podcast, the goal is to be a knowledge sharing platform that people can find solutions in their business to work more strategically and work more effectively. So that's off top. So when you talk about integrating something like a new form media, which is podcasting into your business and into your marketing strategy, um, one thing I would say is recognize that it is, it is a commitment, right? And it's only going to be effective if you stay consistent. If you do three episodes of a podcast and say you didn't get any business from it, you missed the entire point of podcasting. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not a quick overnight marketing solution it is a commitment to building something within your business right and a long-form evergreen content solution for your marketing platforms um so that's number one understand what podcasting is and the role that it serves um two audio equipment and as crazy as it sounds i did not do well on the audio front when i first started um i am a photographer first i'm a videographer first i'm concerned with how it looks right so when it comes to getting an interview, especially since I was shooting in person, it's kind of one-on-one, -on -one, socially distant at first. I was having issues with like mic placement. So make sure that you really do try to harness in on focusing off top of like audio, because if people can't hear you, it's not gonna get you, you know, it's not gonna get you so far. Um, the second thing is know who your audience is. Don't just say, I'm gonna create a podcast and then hope somebody listens, right? Know who you want to listen to your podcast. I feel like a lot of times people, and this is with marketing anything, they want to hit everybody, but everybody isn't your target audience. It's much mm -hmm. better for you to have a smaller, dedicated, engaged audience than it is to have a bigger audience that sometimes listens, sometimes doesn't, doesn't really engage, doesn't really care, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, those are great tips. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people who are in podcasting today, um, and, and clearly I'm one of them, uh, don't, don't have a background in this sort of thing. Like I'm a journalist by trade, you know, like I, I went to school for journalism. Um, you know, I picked up any of my technical skills, uh, you know, just through college. Um, and even uh, once I got into the internet, I went in online and I started to kind of familiarize myself with some of the technologies. But when podcasting first took off a couple of years ago and we started to, to do podcasting in our, in our studio office, like, 
I didn't know how to do it. I work with any of that equipment. You know, we, we had soundboards and all this, and I had to kind of figure it out on my own. But now that everybody is remote, you know, I think it's kind of changed the world. And, you know, uh, we do all of our podcasting through these third parties, like, like Zoom, through, um, you know, uh, Microsoft Teams. I, I know there's software uh, we use also be live for when we do live streams and we just export the, uh, the audio from the live streams. So it, it's, it's certainly created um, an easier approach to getting our podcasts. But again, like, I, you know, you're, you're right. You touched upon it. You have to make sure that, you know, you do, you do tests with your sound. You have to, you have to do a lot of quality assurances to make sure that people can hear your podcasts. Now from the video side, you know, if you're going to do a, 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 a vodcast, um, what do you generally use when you do video? Are you using um, a phone? Are you, are you doing Zoom? Like what types of software are you using for video? Um, so I started off when I was shooting in person. I was using my DSLRs. Um, so I was shooting with the, I eventually got to where I was shooting with the two camera setup, um, editing in Adobe Premiere Pro. This is obviously a little more of an expensive option. So like you said, now that we're remote, the playing field is a lot more even. Zoom is free. Um, and if it's just you and one other guest, then you guys can go into um, so you guys you don't feel rushed, you can take your time, um, you can have a little chat before and after, get really relaxed, record, it's good to go. And then of course, Zoom is all in one. So of course, audio with you, you can do a separate audio file if you just want to do an audio only podcast. Um, but it's just kind of very convenient, it's free, it's easy, um, and it's accessible to a lot more people. So um, right now I'm doing Zoom to comply with social distancing, but as things open up, I'm hoping here in the fall, I'll be back to shooting in person. So that'd be really nice. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there's Zoom has has opened up, like you said, it's, it's a level playing field. Everyone can do it. But there's something about that in-person um, connection. You know, you, you get, you know, you're actually interviewing somebody. You know, we, we used to do podcasts, um, you know, uh, in studio, we tried to get guests in and it kind of lends a little bit more, um, not, not credibility, but, you know, authenticity to, to the interview. You know, uh, it's always nice to have an in-person uh, conversation. So let me ask you about, um, you know, how often you produce. How, are, are you doing podcasts weekly? Are you doing them daily? Like how much time um, do you as a small business owner have to do podcasts? Um, I do them weekly. Okay. Uh, I would say if I was, when I just started out, that was also my goal. And I feel like that's unrealistic. When I first started out, I probably like, if I had to do it over again, probably do like every other week. Um, because it is a lot, it is a steep learning curve. Um, but now weekly for me feels, feels right. Yeah. We're also weekly. Um, and it, it, it's a challenge sometimes to, like you said, like, you know, I, podcast isn't all that I do. I, you know, I wear many hats as well. Um, and getting the, you know, you got to set up interviews. You've got to, um, you know, get a time that everyone can agree upon record post-production, um, you know, and also, you know, adding the assets to wherever they may live, you know, we've got them all over the place. Uh, you know, it, it's involved, you know, plus, you know, we also write up, um, something for our website each week. So yes, weekly is, to me, I think it's a, it's a good spot to have. Um, you know, I would recommend if people get into podcasting, 
try to do it weekly, try to be consistent. You know, like we, we release on every Tuesday, um, you know, and we try to push it in social media on every Tuesday. So I think consistency is also uh, key as well. Um, but I, I do like the, the whole idea of trying to do this, uh, you know, consistently and weekly is, is, is a good number to me. Um, but also I think people, uh, you know, really should be mindful about, you know, trying to stick on a schedule. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think like, I'll, I'll even be honest this week. I didn't uh, release an episode on Tuesday. I also do weekly on Tuesdays for season two. Um, I went on vacation last week. Didn't happen. Um, you can't beat yourself up every time you don't, right. stick to it, but it's the goal. You know what I mean? And as long as you get back on track, I feel like that's what's important. So, Oh, so you have seasons. Yeah. Oh, wow. So t- tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. It's like a show. It's it's like yeah. a like a Netflix show or a really? Yeah, yeah. Just, so. That's pretty cool. Tell me a little bit more about that. I want to know. Yeah, for sure. So season 1 had its own feel because I shot all of those in person. Um I kind of had a look for like a place that people recognize as like my recording space. So I shot at a co-working space here in uh, Research Triangle Park. People recognized it that aesthetic even though I did different setups within that space people still were like Venture X, Hunting Hustle, boom, this is what I know to be this pod, this podcast, right? Um, so I aim to do 20 episodes that season. I hit that, took a little break. Um, this season has been primarily on Zoom. All but two have been on Zoom. Um, and so one thing I didn't do with season one was bonus episodes. So I said my goal will be 25 episodes, so five more than season one. And then whatever I do after that is a bonus episode. And that'll be the culmination of season two. So season three, we'll be back shooting in person. I'm hoping to get a dedicated podcast studio space here in Durham. Super excited about that. Um, might even have an audio producer with me on set. So a little more of a setup, you know, like yeah. get onto like a show and they, you know, give them a coffee mug. I have branded coffee mugs. Like, hey, do you need coffee? Do you need water? Awesome. I'm excited to be back. So I, I love that idea of seasons. And, you know, t- to me, I never thought about podcasting in, in, in a seasonal format. Like, w- like when you're a small business, like you said, it's impossible to, to kind of like get, if you're going to do weekly podcasts, it's, it's impossible. We've missed a few weeks and look, it just happens. People go on vacation. Um, you know, y- you're, you're sick, you, you know, it, it's just one of those things where small businesses can't expect to kind of uh, reach a, a weekly goal like that. Um, it's good to have those goals. If you don't reach them, it's okay as well. But the seasons, I like that. You know, you take, you take the summer off, like, like it's like college, you take the summer off, you know, you start in the fall, you know, Hey, season three. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a great idea. And, and having a, a, a studio setup, which right before the pandemic, we were, we were working on something like I was excited, you know, we were, we were, you know, we had the video equipment, you know, we had the software, we, we were excited. And then now the pandemic has hit and it has completely changed the game. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to go back into a physical office. I've already, you know, I've already talked to, you know, people at my company and I said, look, I'm, I am like hitting my stride at home. So, you know, so that whole idea of having a studio set up may be off the table, but it might not be, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see how things evolve post pandemic. If we ever get to post pandemic and see if we ever get, you know, into a studio. Cause I do think like we talked about earlier, there, there's something about having people in the studio, having an actual physical space to do podcasts, but anyway, let's move on. So 
having great content is one thing. And this is one thing that we struggle with. Distribution is a whole different ballgame. What are some of the distribution channels you use for your podcast? And how else should podcasters be promoting their shows? Oh, I love this question because I feel like this is one of the things that Honey and Hustle has excelled at, even more so than like my, you know, my original business. Um, Honey and Hustle, first of all, like started it, you know, 2020. So about four years into me being a business owner and knowing so much more about branding, messaging, marketing, creating community, all these other things. So I started Honey and Hustle with a Crush the Hustle hashtag and campaign out of the gate. Um, great tagline for it. Um, and just the messaging was on point. People knew exactly what to expect with the podcast. So when it came to promoting it, I started with Facebook because that's kind of low hanging fruit. Um, Twitter, I was kind of getting more interested in Twitter for like short little bursts of content, which I feel like podcasts are um, or can be because they have links. Um, I tried Instagram for the podcast for a little while, wasn't really feeling it. Um, and then I use LinkedIn because again, when you're targeting small business owners, creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, that's kind of where they hang out. LinkedIn is one of right. their social media platforms. Um, so I started, those are the three that I use now. Um, sometimes TikTok, when I was doing it in person, I would take like little snippets, put them on TikTok um, and they did okay. Um, and I will definitely be returning to that in person, but I would say if you're just starting, three is good. Um, mm -hmm. And Twitter has probably been by far most effective. Um, Facebook is a good consistency one because you can post links. So I usually do the YouTube link on Tuesday when I the episode comes out. But then Twitter, world of possibilities, right? I do the YouTube, I do Anchor FM, I do Spotify, Apple, Google Play, which are the big three. Um, and then I also do short videos. I also do um, audio only type videos. So like, it's just like, um, I use a thumbnail that I use for YouTube, create a, a short video snippet, the it's ADA caption, as a little waveform, so it's kind of interactive. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can repackage and repurpose a video podcast in particular. Audio podcast, probably a little bit different. But sure, for video sure. podcast, I have a lot of options, right? Because um, I have a lot of content just coming out of the gate for that um, for that one piece, right? I can repackage that four to five different ways and people still won't be tired of it. Um, so I would say definitely find a platform that works um have good messaging focus on building a community the podcast community is very niche but they're very active and they're very adamant about the love of podcasts so twitter has been very helpful i'll say one weekly post on facebook and linkedin typically does a job so awesome that that's great and you and you've seen a good return on investment in terms of listens yeah yeah so awesome. I would, it grew really fast like audio streaming i'm still kind of figuring out marketing outside of you know twitter for that um, but for the most part, um, video views, I average around 135. Okay. Yeah. So, which is pretty good for just being in our second season, I feel. Yeah, so. definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, it, it's, it's difficult and, and people look at numbers differently. You know, you know, it's all, it's all relative in terms of like, you know, what's good, you know, people ask me like, what's a good number. I'm like, well, it's relative. Like, you know, like who's your audience? Uh, how many people are following you? You know, what are you looking to to achieve? Like, you have to be realistic about about numbers. You know, we we get 250, 300, 500 sometimes if we're lucky. You know, but that's just you know in one platform. Like, you have to kind of you have to really take a look at, at everywhere you're putting your content and kind of get a better idea of of its reach. You know, and that's not always easy because, as you mentioned, you know, you're doing 
different little snippets of, of content in different places. You can't just look at your YouTube views and say, this is what I got for this podcast or this vodcast. You have to look at everything that you've done for that piece of content and try to figure out the impact that it's had. And that's, that's not easily done. Um, but I think that if people, you know, are meticulous about, you know, where they're putting it and the way they're, they're tracking it, they're, they can get a, a realistic number, but it definitely has legs in social media. And, you know, like you said, you mentioned some, some good places. We, you know, we put our podcast out in, in multiple places and they seem to do well in the ones you mentioned, you know, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram is tough because you can't really share links. You know, the, the links you have to put them at, you know, it, it, either in a link tree or, you know, a link at the top of, of, of Instagram, you know, it's a little bit different, you know, um, but you can share video snippets, which we, we do sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's great advice. Um, so you mentioned video, you're a big proponent of video. Um, you have, I, I've seen a bunch of your TikTok videos and one of them you this is a quote. I love this quote. People love to learn by video. Nobody likes to read instruction manuals anymore. You are the instruction manual. I love this quote because I'm like that. When I get an instruction manual, I'm like, I read two lines and all I hit a word. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm like, and I throw the manual. I don't like, I don't like, I want to see somebody doing something. And that's why that's the beauty of YouTube. Like I go to YouTube, like, you know, my son gets a toy and it's like, it's, Oh, a thousand pieces. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got to put this thing together. How do I put this together? And I go to YouTube first. I don't even read the instruction manual. So do you think video and vodcasts are the future of podcasting? Absolutely. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. Um, and I mean, I'm going to be honest and say, I don't even watch it, but Joe Rogan, I mean, there's a reason why he got a $1 million deal with Spotify. I mean, like, you know, it doesn't even have to be the like his is not even the best video quality you will ever see in your entire life, but it's the principle. People like to be drawn into that experience. Um, and while there are people who have been dedicated audio only podcast people for a long time and audio only spaces are becoming more prevalent, I think video is still kind of like holding its true form because it's like, if I can not only hear you, but see you and get a sense of who you are and what you look like and relate to you, thousand percent, thousand percent people are going to be drawn into that. So, yeah, you know, 100% agree. You know, th there's this movement in social media to audio, like cl Clubhouse right now is, has blown up. Um, it's also, you know, like Twitter and Facebook are working to, you know, to a similar type of feature that Clubhouse provides. But I think, and I agree with you, I think that people need to be doing video component to their their podcast we've been doing it since the pandemic uh, we started off audio it's funny because you would think that by moving from a studio into like a home office it would be harder to do no it's like you, these services like zoom make it a lot easier to do a video component um and i think there's this added element of interest when somebody can watch um a podcast that they wouldn't get with an audio. Now, look, there are plenty of people who don't want to watch a podcast. They just put the audio on in the background and they kind of listen to it. And there's always going to be those people for, for, um, for audio podcasts. But if you can do both, I always say do both because you can, you can now create multiple medias for one piece of content. Um, and I think that's, that's invaluable. So, um, I have a quick question before we get to our last fun question. 
Um, you don't host any of your podcast on your website um, and users are redirected to YouTube. Has that approach worked for you well? Um, I would say yes for now. I'm probably going to restructure that in the future. Um, but even still, it won't be like, I know I see a lot of people who do podcasts, they do like dedicated blog posts for everyone for SEO purposes. That's great. I'm probably not going to do that. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, I'll probably provide specific links to each episode, which I am working on. Um, but for right now, I think the way I have it is it's fine. Yeah. No, I agree. I, you know, and we're, we're talking about small businesses here. And, you know, I think the important part is, is getting, you know, a system down that works for you. And a, a lot of people don't have that time to create blog-based posts like we do for ASI Central. We, you know, we write everyone up, you know, it's not extensive, three, four paragraphs, um, but we put all the essentials in there. But yeah, we have the resources to do that. You know, like a lot of people don't have that. Um, so I would start with, like you said, you know, um, you know, get, just get your content produced and get them into the, so like uh, YouTube, you know, get them onto, you know, storage, uh, you know, audio storage places like, uh, you know, SoundCloud. Like to me, I think that that's important. And then you can kind of make, make your way to your website. You know, certainly your website should say something about your podcast and do what you do, which is redirect to those uh, podcasts on YouTube. But I think that's, that's a, a great piece of advice. If you don't have the time, it, it's really not, not going to hurt you. It, it's nice for SEO purposes, like you mentioned. Um, but certainly I think it's, it's okay to kind of work in reverse from there. Yeah. So my last question, we always end with a fun question. And I like this question because it's on your website. So if you had to choose just one, which would it be? A fruity craft beer, a margarita, or a mimosa? Oh, man. I want to go ahead and say fruity craft beer just because there's so many options. Uh, mimosas and mimosa, margaritas and margarita. But uh, fruity craft beer is forever. So that's my final answer. I would, I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a beer snob and Everyone at ASI knows that I'm a huge beer aficionado. And do you have any favorite craft breweries? I know, look, I've been down to Raleigh a few times, and you know it's it, it's beautiful down there. And everywhere, I, every time I go someplace new, I try to find as many craft breweries and, and check them out. So, what are some of your favorites down there? Oh man, so there's one that's like dangerously close to me, like within a five minute drive. It's called Baraculture Brewing Company. They have amazing sour beers, and they also do beer slushies. Ooh. Love those. And then um, there's also, I'm a big cider person. There's Bull City Cider Works, incredible cider. They also do some cider beer slushies, super good, perfect for the summer. Um, they have outside seating. Love those two spots. Those are like my go-to's. Oh God, I, I God, I I missed the pre-pandemic going going to craft breweries and just hanging outside in the sun. Oh God. Anyway, well, Angela, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really great. Um, so as as a final mention, you know, let it let people know again uh, your business and how they can reach you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first of all, Angie Studio. You can find me on pretty much any major social media platform. My website is also www.angiestudio, where you can also go and check out the podcast, Honey and Hustle, available on all major streaming platforms, as well as YouTube. So definitely be sure to check us out. We'd appreciate it. Hopefully we can help you crush the hustle. Awesome. Again, that was Ange Hollowell. Thank you so much, Ange. Thank you. Thank you so much.